Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. We have a subset of folks around the office who love crosswords. It's a favorite happy hour pastime for a few of us. Solving these puzzles can be relaxing, fun to do alone or with a buddy, and research shows that it's good for your brain. And pushing 80 years old, the New York Times Daily Crossword in particular is an American institution. Strangely enough, the New York Times was the last major metropolitan daily newspaper in the country to start a crossword. When the crossword puzzle craze gripped the United States in 1924, the paper publicly condemned the fad, publishing a scornful editorial in which it called crosswords the latest of the problems presented for solution by psychologists interested in the mental peculiarities of mobs and crowds, which was a pretty sick burn back in 1924. Simon & Schuster published the first crossword puzzle book that year, and most American newspapers started a crossword between 1924 and 1926. The holdout of the Times might have had something to do with the fact that it had never done comics or entertainment features of any sort. All that stuff was considered frivolous by its editors. But the crossword had staying power, and at the beginning of World War II, the then-editor of the Times, Arthur Salzberger, decided it was time for the paper to start its own puzzle. We spoke with the current New York Times crossword editor, Will Shorts. He said, The probably apocryphal story is that Salzberger was tired of buying the competing New York Herald Tribune to get their crossword. It was the start of World War II, and it was thought that people needed to take their minds off the grim war news. So the Times had the good sense to ask Margaret Farrar to be the crossword editor. She had co-edited all the Simon & Schuster crossword books going back to the very first one in 1924. Margaret immediately raised the quality of the crossword above anyone else's. The intellectual caliber of the puzzle, the cultural references, and just the quality of the puzzle making. More interesting vocabulary and fresher, more on-target definitions. Farrar was the Times crossword editor for 27 years, from 1942 to 1969, and the puzzle evolved a bit over that time. At the start, she was given the directive that the puzzle should reflect the information that the reader was picking up in the pages of the newspaper. So if you go back to those early puzzles, you'll see a lot of war references. But Farrar thought the crossword should distract people from the harsher aspects of life, which is why, over time, she began to include more entertainment, literature, and non-news subjects. Farrar was succeeded in 1969 by Will Wang who was the head of the Metropolitan Desk at the Times before he took the job of crossword editor. Wang was an old-fashioned newsman, but he had an abiding love of crosswords. He had been creating puzzles for the Times for years before he became editor. Short said his greatest innovation for the Times crossword was humor. He was a genuinely funny man, and his sense of humor came through in the puzzles. Wang retired in 1977 and was succeeded by Eugene T. Maleska, I'd say the wordplay in the crossword themes became more varied and sophisticated under Maleska. It became more a word game than in previous years. But Maleska was a staid guy. He'd been a school superintendent in the Bronx. He loved opera and classical music, and his puzzles had a more serious tone than Will Wang's. Shorts became crossword editor in 1993 when Maleska died, and one of his goals has been to modernize the puzzle, to include more current cultural references, more up-to-date language, and more playful themes and the audience has broadened under shorts. He said, It used to be you'd think of crosswords as being mainly for older people, and I think that was true before I became editor. I can tell how the audience has broadened just by the people who contribute to the puzzle. 
In the whole history of the puzzle before Shorts became editor, only six teenagers had gotten puzzles published in the Times. In Shorts's 25 years as puzzle editor, he's published 37 teenagers and lots of 20 and 30-somethings. The average age of contributors has come down by about 15 years, from the early 50s to the late 30s. The youngest person Shorts has published was 13, and the oldest person was 101. Shorts said, It's an extremely diverse group of people who make the Times crossword. It reflects the Times readership itself. Shorts, you might have gathered, does not construct the puzzles himself, though he does create variety puzzles, uh, unique and new variations in crosswords. Shorts and his two assistants get between 75 and 100 puzzle submissions every week, which they look through, call to select the best ones, then edit for publication. These days, most crossword puzzles have themes, which means the long answers tie together in some interesting way. When creating a puzzle, you put your theme answers in a grid first, plotting black squares around those, which divides the grid into sections, which are then filled with words. When you've polished the puzzle to the best of your ability, you write the clues. The Times crossword gets more difficult as the week progresses. Monday is the simplest, and the puzzle turns up the heat a little each day, until the Saturday puzzle, which can seem nigh-on impossible. The Sunday crossword is bigger, but as far as difficulty goes, it's like a hard Wednesday or easy Thursday. Sunday is the biggest circulation day of the week, so Shorts wants to make sure the crossword is accessible to the broadest possible audience. When Shorts started his job in 1993, virtually all the puzzles were created by hand on graph paper, and all of them were solved with a pencil, or pen if that's the way you roll, hotshot. These days, however, most crossword constructors use computer software to build their puzzles, and lots of people solve the puzzles online or otherwise electronically. Short said, you have to subscribe to solve the online version of the Times crossword. Even if you subscribe to the printed or online versions of the paper, you have to pay extra for it. These days, 430,000 people subscribe to just the crossword. It's become a significant source of income for the company. And it can be a significant source of income for the writers. A successful crossword contributor can make between $500 and $2,250 per puzzle, depending on the day of week and how many previous puzzles they've had accepted for publication. Today's episode was written by Jesslyn Shields and produced by Tyler Klang. For more on this and lots of other not-so-puzzling topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hold up. 